is where the magic happens. Hi, I'm Angela, and today we're going to talk about pussy power. Ryan didn't know this was coming, <laughs> even though it was like I want to talk about divine femininity. But yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't I didn't um, I I thought we had had converse, like a brief text conversation. Hi, this is Ryan. I am surprised by this because I you know obviously I'm not qualified to talk about magic, but um, you are. Um, yeah, you're qualified to talk about a dude side of the divine femininity. Maybe overqualified, you know, like this is beneath you. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even dare to pretend like that might be the truth. The um, yeah, thanks for listening to another episode. So okay, because I thought you were going to potentially be doing this episode with one of our future potential guests. Yeah, hosts. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a lot of this. It's going to happen a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously um, but, it doesn't have to be just a one time off kind of uh, yeah. thing that happens. Witchcraft is not just for those of us who identify as female. I mean, it's for everybody, but there is no denying that there is power in things about, you know, people who identify as women. There's power in menstrual blood. There's power in vulvas, which we're going to talk about today. That is ancient power. Um, so, okay, you know the, the protester, uh, goddess Athena, or whatever they're calling her, in Portland, who sat naked with her legs spread and the cops all withdrew and went away? Did you see this? Yes, I did. Sorry, I'm nodding my head as if everyone who listens to the podcast is a patron, <laughs> which I forget so, that they're not. So, yeah, yes, I did. Yes. So, um, also for patrons today, $2 is all it takes to watch us record. And, um, in honor of this podcast, I really got my tits out today. Not like naked tits, but like serious cleavage and power yeah, not, to that. Not like, uh, you walking around your neighborhood out like you do. No, like, no like, I do that at 3am when I'm doing <laughs> witchcraft. I can't wait for a cross, a burning cross to show up in my mom's front yard. Well, I oh mean, if God. you keep if you talking about it, maybe it will happen. But I mean, I don't know. Does it you really think that's like going to happen? I wish it. I kind of wish it would because then it would just be like, oh, I'm doing it right. But also, I, I definitely do not. I don't want that. I swear. Do to you God. think you're um, a person who has um, the need to and I know people like this and I experience I, I do this sometimes in my own life. And you, you this is a theme in like a lot of like if anyone has ever watched the Michael Jordan 10 part miniseries documentary, it's so you don't even have to like basketball to like this documentary is so well produced. It's called The Last Dance. And it's about like someone who is just at all caught like will create things right that people mm -hmm. didn't even know they did. Uh, and then sometimes they're completely made up to like overcome right to to fuel yeah. to motivate to have passion and fire in what they're trying to do that's i'm i'm wondering if you would relate to that as far as like do you feel like you have to create or are always looking for your next um obstacle or not confrontation but someone has like told you you can't do something so guess what you're going to you're going to show yeah, them that yeah for sure yeah okay yeah yeah A any fire sign and do you remember when I, I posted, I think it was to my, yeah, it was to my stories. And I asked, should I drive to Florida? This was right before the pandemic got fucking bonkers. And I, I knew it was coming. I had a really bad feeling and everybody had like this, I don't know where their brains were like, oh, it'll be over. They'll have a vaccine in a month. It'll be, they'll figure it out. Well, it'll be over in a month. And um, I posted a thing and I was like, should I drive to Florida from LA to be with my family so I could be free and not in a tiny fucking apartment and just concrete and aggressive you know, they got way more aggressive. Everybody did. 
with the, we had a bus stop. It was a hot spot for homeless. It was a really tough area. Um, but everybody who told me, no, don't drive. It was dangerous. Just made me want to drive more. Every no I took as a yes, as a bigger yes than a yes. <laughs> yeah, that's and, fine. Okay. Yeah. And that's triple fire too. Like any fire signs will tell you. We'll have to look up um, Michael Jordan's astrology because Michael Jordan is widely ooh. considered to be the greatest basketball player of all time. And he's the first professional athlete to ever become a billionaire. Um, Whoa, and, I'll come up right now. Uh, it's, it would be interesting to know what uh, his astrology is. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if y'all have the same astrology. Um, okay, yeah, so probably. anyway. Oh, he's were, Aquarius. I'm pretty sure this is my, oh, he has the birthday of the fucking Aquarius who wrecked me when I was a very young person. Um, where's his, here's his birth chart. Aquariuses are aliens. They are not of this world. And that's why they can do unbelievable things that some of us can't. And well, that makes perfect sense. Oh my God, moon and Sag. He has your, sorry, everybody. He has your moon in my up? son, Sag. Woo! What's up, MJ? We're um, basically Michael Jordan. <laughs> and he loves to gamble. I love to gamble. So, okay. Um, oh, but, fucking okay. Sag does love that. But before, before we got into all that, you were, you were talking about, um, mm -hmm. uh, Volvo. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, there's this beautiful post I'm going to share to our Facebook and um, where else do we live? Probably just Facebook, I guess. I don't, I'm trying to de-social. Um, but this person did a ton of research and shared it with everyone. So it's, it's this thing called a Smyrna. And I looked it up. There's hardly anything on the internet about it, but it's a lifting of the skirt. It's basically like when women get naked to empower or protest or just like use their power. And I loved it a long time ago. You talked about the, um, the church, like demonizing sexuality of any kind, like just sex in general, masturbation, all that, because, and this, this was brilliant. You said, um, they know it's a power source for us and they want to take away the power. They want you to be powerless. So you need them. And holy shit, like that has resonated with me constantly. I think not just churches do that, but people do that. Women do that to other women. Um, I think women do it to men because sometimes sexy to a man is something that someone else might consider effeminate. Um, men for sure do it to each other with all the fucking weird pressure on dick stuff and performance. Um, but I love that it has power and therefore it can be empowered. It can be more powerful. So Granted, we're going to focus on like the vulva and um, that area today, mostly like the woman's, you know, genitalia, people, whatever. But, you know, dick is, dick is great too. Um, but what I, what I read and am so moved by, so this has been happening. That woman who sat and spread her legs and she had a mask on and everything, couldn't see who, who she was. Um, the cops didn't know what to do. She sat there with her fucking legs spread in the filthy street looking seriously goddess pure goddess energy it's like our Tiananmen um, square photo yeah um, it's it i mean i think like in the moment um it it might not seem i mean it's pretty i mean obviously it you know everybody i think heard about this and you know the the image is i think the image is on its way to in the future becoming in, incredibly yeah. iconic and yep. In the moment, you can't realize how iconic that image is going to be of this woman until, yeah. you know, later, right? Um, it doesn't have to be much later. I mean, it's already kind of, I mean, it's only been, what, a, what, a week or a couple weeks or whatever, not even. So, and it's already kind of on its way. But 
it's uh, I think it's going to be that image. There'll be, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure there's probably already murals painted of that image. Um, I hope somewhere so. On, well, on it was heavily buildings. censored. It was, yeah, I'm sure you're right. Or in the works anyway. Um, it was heavily censored on Instagram, which super pissed me off. Meanwhile, there are like a shit ton of very violent posts on Instagram. There's a meme where somebody's beating the shit out of someone and it's like the witches and Faye and all this. And it really disturbed me. It's like somebody really hurting someone else. That shit can fly on there and you can meme it. I'm and, glad you brought that up because I saw, I have- I'm going to probably, I, I try to unfollow these people or at least mute them, but it mm-hmm. is totally acceptable to be posting videos of another person beating the shit out of somebody. And Thank that, you. those videos, I was just thinking this this morning. And so I'm so glad you brought it up. Like it's those so videos. You're grateful for me? Is that what you were Yes, I am grateful. <laughs> because those videos, when you watch a 15 second video of real violence, it changes your vibration. It changes your energy uh, in yep. a very dramatic and a drastic way. It lowers you uh, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, it takes you out of a, a, a peaceful state that you may have been in. And it really fucks with me. And me too. I, I stop posting fucking videos of people beating the shit out of each other for like a funny you. meme. You know, it's God, like, it's, I'm not into it. It's I'm, well, you know, I'm not into it either. And so I, I'll just choose to ignore it. I guess some people love that. They think it's hilarious. I know. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, I also, uh, really heavily, uh, dislike when people post pictures of someone who does not know their photo was taken. I don't like that. Even if it's I also like, dislike that. It's usually an act of degradation and they're making fun of them or it's like, wow, do you believe this crazy mustache? Like, that's not cool. You need to fucking ask people if you can post their photos. And and also, what the fuck? Go live your own life. I mean, this, unless you're a professional photographer or aspiring to be, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I want to talk about, I want to talk about the lifting of the skirt. I love historical, the, the historically speaking, what women have done with their bodies um, as protesters. So in Ireland, uh, and I, I, these are just like clips. You guys should go find this on Facebook, go do all your research, do whatever you want with it. Um, Warrior Uster was defeated by 150 naked women by their mere presence uh, in Ireland. In um, Catalonia, uh, they have an old saying, the sea calms down if it sees a woman's cunt. Uh, the related English word cunt did not become obscene until the 16th century. We're going to talk about all the words. Um, and I know that these words make people uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Um, but I, I think that's part of like dick never sets anybody off. Why are we so triggered about pussy and cunt and whatnot? Why? Why are we so triggered? It has been pro. It's pro, we have to deprogram this. I even have it when I hear someone say those words. I I really perk up and I'm like, what the fuck? But I also think, you know, look at African Americans taking back the word that they were called as they were beaten and in, enslaved. They took back their word, and that we're going to talk big time about that today. And and uh, bitch, cunt, pussy, all of it. We're going to talk about all of it. Um, but okay, so. Uh, in Kenya, witnessing brutalities and a hunger strike, a woman stripped off her clothes and got between a youth and the police. The youth got away and she forgot. Oh, wait, no, sorry. And she fought for police until two more women took off their shirts and subdued the scene. Um, in this tradition, they were cursing the men as though they were saying, I have no respect for you. I wish I had never given birth to you. So this is like a 
well-known act of cursing a man in Kenya, in Western Europe, uh, Sheila Nagigs, which everyone should look these up. Uh, I really hope that somebody makes them. It's, they, they kind of look like a Muppet. Like it doesn't even really have much of a gender, except it has a crazy exaggerated vulva. I love them. They're so cool. Um, Sheila Nagigs uh, were structures placed over doorways or windows, or they were just freestanding sculptures. Some were built into church walls, and it's like a little Muppet-looking thing with its legs spread and a giant vulva. Um, uh, they were removed, hidden, and destroyed as relics of paganism. The Irish custom of rubbing the Sheila stones continues today. Uh, the Sheila stones. Um, the Greeks believed that exposing a woman's genitals to whatever warded off danger and enemies. And in China, women stood on the city walls and warded off invaders by uncovering their vulvas. In the Manchu dynasty, the most effective deterrent against besiegers was considered to be menstrual blood dropped on them from above. That's right. How fucking amazing. That's that's really cool. That's a really cool image of, you know, the, the let's call it the uh, the liquid of life <laughs> yeah. Fight, fighting the the energy of death and destruction. Yep. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, it's, a, it's a very cool image. Yeah. And something I would like to address, when people say, what a pussy, um, pussies give birth to humans. There's, there's like, it's so unbelievably indestructible. If stomachs had something grow in them like that, you would die. I mean, vaginas are powerful. Vaginas are, the, the, we have to take all these words back is what I'm saying. Um, the other thing I would like to talk about. Um, well, we, I got, said this we, got a, we got a laundry list. Oh, are we, are we oh my God. Also, <laughs> also, did you see AOC go off about, I totally forgot about this, about being called a fucking, didn't you call her a fucking bitch? Did um, you see this? I I don't really follow like the the poli the politics of this all. I understand like what's going on with that, and but like I also understand that on some level, like every politician in Washington is calling the other politicians horrible names constantly. Um, yeah. So like I didn't really, you know, I didn't really click into that story. Um, just because I've been following more, I've been following the stimulus package updates and other things like that. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But I do enjoy well, when like an old dude gets, you know, gets yeah, served. torn. I, I do love yep. when an old dude gets served on the Senate yeah. He, floor I'm pretty or, sure it was fucking bitch. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Called her, called her. Yeah, I totally, I love it. He called her a fucking bitch. And what I said to my mom, and this was before she made the statement um, when AOC came out and was just like, just because you know women doesn't or have women in your family doesn't make you a, a decent person um, or anti-misogynist. Um, Here's my thing. Here's my, I'm going to say the word I hate. What, you know, like one of my best friends is gay and every once in a while, very secretly, we will like mumble faggot at each other and we giggle because it's like this naughty word. We know each other since we were like 14 and 16. Um, I do not like that word though, because I don't for a moment doubt that a, a bajillion people have been beaten to death while someone calls them that word. When I hear bitch, fucking bitch, cunt, when I hear these words, and I'm sorry guys that you're having to hear these words so much, but like, let's get desensitized to them. These are the words that people, whore, women are called these words as they are beaten to death. 70% of all murder suicides involve an intimate partner. So like all these people who are murdered or murdered in murder suicide, 70% of them are 
from an intimate partner, 94% of those victims are female. That's almost like saying basically every one of these people who, uh, you know, is murdered by a partner is a woman, practically every one of them. Um, and they are definitely being called, you know, fucking bitch, fucking whore, bitch, cunt, pussy, blah, blah, blah. I have been saying this for years. I'm sick of fucking women using these words. I only use them to empower other women. You beautiful bitch, you glorious bitch, you badass bitch. You know, you watch a show like Veep and there is Julia Louis-Dreyfus and she's this horrible person. I mean, she's so selfish and like vulgar and mean and oh my God, delicious and lovable. And God, I can't get enough of that character. We never get to see a woman behave like that ever. And everybody should watch it. It's a phenomenal show. She is like, give her all the awards and it, um, it'll crack you up. And also let's, let's get girls being that way. Let's teach our girls that it's okay to be bossy. Oh my God. Yeah. Like bossy that we're always called bossy or bitch. Men are never called those things when they're assertive. You know, even on the podcast, every once in a while, we'll hear somebody say, poor Ryan. I bully Ryan. I'm so mean to Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> have you ever felt like I bully you? Have you ever felt like, God, she's so mean to me? Uh, I, I don't feel like you've ever bullied me. There, there are times <laughs> where we disagree and- mm -hmm. There's days when we talk where you're in a mood, like you're on fire, like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and you're just, a, but it's not, uh, but you and I are very good friends and I've never been bullied by you um, ever uh, yeah, in, in our you. relationship. And, and, you know, quite honestly, if I know that you're in, uh, you know, maybe a slightly more confrontational mood than maybe other times when we record, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, it's not like I'm not egging you on. I mean, I know. I, know, I noticed I, that. Yeah, I know how to. I know how to egg you on, and I mean, it's good radio. <laughs> it's as we yes, call it. It's good, it's good radio. Yeah. And so, oh my god, I can't. I, I mean, can't how many reviews did we reviews. get? I mean, how many? Uh, I know. How much conversation have we had on the podcast in the last year and a half? Um, compared per episode, compared to the Garth Brooks centric, I know uh, that was really fun. comments that we were getting. I mean, that's like a perfect example of like, you know, um, I mean, now granted, we don't want to be like Howard Stern or somebody who's no. just having conflict for the sake of having conflict to have people talk because they have like, no substance. We have no, I, that's not, we have no desire to do that. But if it organically yeah. happens, it's fun. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm yep. surrounded by stand up comedians. Um, exactly. For the last 15 plus years of my life. And if people don't know stand-up comedians in their personal life, um, basically what that means is I'm surrounded in a room 95% of the time by people who are deeply sarcastic. Um, you know, it's like roasting, it's sarcasm, it's self-deprecation. Yeah. It's, um, if you can't handle one person like disagreeing with you or making fun of you a little bit, like that is your whole social life um, to some degree being a comedian. Yep. So it's like, this is like, that was nothing. Like, I mean, like when it comes to, um, I know Thank what you. we were discussing, I mean, it's, it is pretty <laughs> funny, but like what? there is, there is a difference between, I think there's a, well, there's a huge difference between bullying and um friends ribbing each other or giving each other, you know, a hard time or disagreeing about something. Yeah. We're allowed to disagree about stuff. Yes, exactly. Life in general. Although nowadays <clears throat> well, you're not allowed to disagree in general in society. Um, it's like pick a side, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's 
this whole idea of dualism that we live in this dualistic world, which I'm kind of trying to unplug from. Um, it's, it's been, well, it's, it's interesting too, cause you're talking about, um, the divine feminine and that's what we're discussing today. And if you go into the history of some of it, I've been trying to get into the history of it and it's a little bit difficult, but if you look at Sophia specifically, um, there's, you know, the idea of the way she's been represented, like the dual sides of her, the way they've been represented, whether it's in Catholicism through uh, Mary Magdalene and the Virgin Mary, it's no coincidence that they have the same name. And the Virgin Mary yeah. is pure and virginal and Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. Like, that's not an accident. This is yeah. poetry. This is literally, <clears throat> and she, these aren't real she, people, right? Yeah. And they have uncovered documents. I would encourage all of you to go Google this. Uh, Mary Magdalene might have been a sex worker, but she was definitely Jesus's wife. They have found him refer to her in these old scriptures they dug up uh, just years ago, like 20, God, what was that? Like 2013 or something? I think even yeah. And this is if you believe that the Bible and all these other things aren't just like Harry Potter's universe. I mean, I mean, I'm of the <laughs> yeah. I'm of the opinion that it's very likely that all of these books, all of these scriptures and things like that, they're just part of like their fan fiction of like um, an original book. None of these people, yeah. you know, whether we want to, you know, there's historical evidence that might point to some of these people existing and things like that, right? But, but I'm not so sure. I mean, I don't know the truth, but um, I'm not so sure it's not just all literature, right? Let's just take our break early. And we're back from our quick break. So um, we were talking about all these different examples of, uh, you know, women using, did you say Smyrna? Smyrna? A Smyrna, which is A funny because I'm currently in New Smyrna Beach. That's what I was going to, I didn't know if you wanted me to bring that up or not, like a specific location, but uh, I did find that very interesting uh, that that was um, yeah, where, uh, well, where you've been right now. Yeah, isn't that also, if, if anyone's ever read Middlesex, which I read a long time ago, um, what's his name, Jeffrey Eugenides or whatever, really fucked up a lot of stuff. Uh, according to the trans community, which I would definitely think so. He's just a white straight man. Didn't know what he was writing about. It's mostly a beautiful book, um, but they uh, end up at the end in New Smyrna Beach, the family, which is like, what the fuck? I really liked that. Um, okay, yeah. But I, I also would love to talk about, so I want to talk about divine femininity and what it means to you, Ryan. Um, I want to talk about like, because this is the thing too. This was one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today. I told Ryan and he didn't believe me, but we have like, um, what is it? 74% of our listeners, according to the statistics we can see, are people who identify as male. And it used to be that 72% of our listeners were people who identify as female. So now we have way more dudes all of a sudden and um i i said around i was like this is because also the the big awakening is happening i keep having readings with straight men who have never been any into any woo you know and it's like it's amazing they're all working on themselves they're all going through things um facing their fucking darkest wounds and reckoning i mean it's been really inspiring i also told a friend recently i was like i can't wait to date in 2021 all these motherfuckers are waking up <laughs> like it's 
you know, because you hear women shit on men a lot, a lot. And I don't it's just going to be a lot either. of straight men crying on first dates. Spirit. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I said this to Gabe, to my best, my gay best friend. I said to him one time, um, I was dating somebody who cried a lot and I was like, hmm, his, uh, I said his, tears make him wet but they make me wetter and we were cracking up because it's oh, like really uh, it do, it's a turn on to be with a man who cries and emotes mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um yeah. okay but also so we have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of men male listeners which impresses the hell out of me because i you know i mean i know that i am a type of woman a very you know i am very alpha i'm very a type and um, I used to believe that that was not a thing that straight men generally like. So the fact that we have attracted, and who knows what, how they identify, maybe, you know, oh God, I'm like, oh my God, I would love it if they were all, you know, LGBT plus listeners. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it's, it's very interesting to me that suddenly these dudes are waking up and tuning in and they want to hear a crazy loud witch bitch talk shit you know i'm really seriously <laughs> impressed by it i'm like i won't die alone well, <laughs> i'm just you kidding know, i never I, worry about that i just never know how to interpret analytics um all the way i mean because they always they ebb and they flow and mm -hmm. they change so much i i do i do find it uh interesting uh quite interesting that the current analytics are are playing out the way they are um now if now, when it comes to like, how do I view the divine feminine? It's interesting because, you know, my initial thought is, okay, how can I dive into the history? Where does this originate from? What are the origins of divine feminine? And, you know, so when people are saying it, you know, all the time nowadays, what are they really referencing? Uh, and, and do they know what they're talking about in regards to the historical context of this phrase they're throwing around and using for you know, whatever purposes we've been using it for. And now granted, I haven't done that. You could spend an entire lifetime uh, researching this uh, in academia and trying to figure out and, you know, cross-cultural, you know, doing anthropological studies and, and digging through all kinds of stuff uh, to try to really find out where it's coming from, but, or where it originates. And the thing that resonated with me the most is what we spoke about earlier is the, the idea of, the Sophia aspect and the duality of Sophia and um, how it's represented in specifically the culture, the religion I was brought up in and how the uh, Mary Magdalene side of Sophia uh, versus the Virgin Mary side of Sophia and how the Virgin Mary was held up on a pedestal, you know, quite literally. And in women were raised in Catholicism with the concept of divine uh, feminine, femininity uh, being virginal, pure, yep. um, a vessel for God's seed, if needed, uh -huh. uh, without question or argument, no free will in that regard. Um, and, you know, basically you are having a child and then be like, okay, I'm having a child. That's my purpose to have God's child. And so, so all this like divine feminism, like femininity has been channeled through like the male perspective, right? Um, when it comes to the yeah. way it expresses itself, at least in modern uh, religious format. 
uh, or through, you know, stories or mythology. And um, so I find that very interesting that, you know, the whore, the, you know, the sex worker, yep. the prostitute mm-hmm. is, is the one who's, uh, you know, don't, you don't want to live that life. But at the same time, showing their hand a little bit, Jesus, like, deeply connects with Mary Magdalene in the story of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and Jesus says, you know, it's like, I mean, Jesus is like, you know, essentially he's worshiping her. He's kissing, he's washing her feet. Right. So it's like, no, no, you can't, she washes you can't hide feet in the story. Are you sure he doesn't he, uh, return the favor? Are you sure about that? I don't think so, Ryan. I don't, not in the story. She's demonized. She's dirty. She's washing his feet. Cause Jesus loves Mary Magdalene. He does. He does. But this is the way they painted it was that she was like, you know, I got to Google this real quick. Cause servant. I thought I've, I've, you know, I would I've, love it. If you're right. I would love it to be both ways, you know, just cause I remember this story. Um, That's what I hate it. I hate so much stories about. Yeah. I hate when sex is not reciprocated. I hate when oral's not reciprocated. I don't like that. And I, I understand some people get really off on giving oral and not necessarily receiving it. Totally different. Oh yeah. So wait, is it, is it, is it like, yeah. I mean, is it the big, is it the big like benevolent move on Jesus's part that he lets a prostitute wash his feet? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I even let a whore wash my feet. I'm so, such a good guy. I'm the son of God. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's even, that's fucking even worse. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it is fucked up. So, um, but like, so women in culture, at least in Christian culture have been, so heavy handed, uh, so heavy handedly guided towards what divine feminine should be. And that, and that's to, you know, the servitude of uh, the servitude of the the man and to be a vessel for, uh, for their child. And, and what it does, it it does a real disservice to men, in my opinion, by disconnecting Uh men from the divine feminine from the get go, Uh, making men, believe that the divine feminine isn't inside of them and that it's not theirs um, to access as well to a very large degree to have this balance in their lives uh, and making it separate and make turning it into a physical thing that is associated by gender or by the the sex the physical sex of how someone is born and i think that's um that's really unfortunate and really sad that that's the way it's been played out so far um, oh, yeah. trying Absolutely. to understand and trying to get back in touch with that is a difficult process for, um, a straight white man in my position that it, it's a, it's a process. It takes time. Um, and you really, you can realize that you've been shutting it off and ignoring it and pushing it down because it's not applauded or encouraged, uh, in our society. So you kind of like remember flashes of like, having these like maybe glimpses into it uh, when you're younger and, and growing up and you're like, Oh shit, that's, I should have, I suppressed that because it was so uh, it was so not accepted. It was so taboo to be in such yeah. a way as a man. Yeah. And it's not just men making fun of men. I mean, w- girls bully boys too. I mean, I had like my, some of my worst bullies were girls and, and, and the thing about like, God, I mean, like, don't wear pastels, don't cry, don't show emotion. It's so fucked up. 
it's so stifling. I don't understand. And it's, I realized too, it's like, and I'm, I know a lot of people listening know now to raise their children, to encourage them to emote and everything. But um, another point I would like to make to any men with daughters, don't sexualize them. Do not sexualize your daughters. This is something I've been talking to um, Aslan about regularly because her family, her dad, her brothers did this to her. My dad did it to me. And um, it, it, when I revisit, cause my Chiron and you know what we talked about in the podcast, like my big wound, I have been able to pinpoint when my shit got fucked up. And I was in sixth grade, it was sixth grade. And I had just started to become a woman. And that was when my dad stopped calling me, oh God, whatever stupid names, dumbass, when he would get violent to whore. And a switch flipped in me and I was like, oh, you want to see a whore? I mean, I was 11 and I went, I went. I can't imagine calling an 11 year old girl a whore. I mean, I no. just. Nope. I mean, it's like, yeah. I think of, I think of my nieces when they were that mm -hmm. age. And I think of my nieces that are around that age now. And I'm just like, who could, who could say such a thing to a, a girl? Yeah. And, and what switched it for him, I think was seeing me grow boobs. Like I started developing breasts and I was not, um, a brat. I was a whore. He went from a threat. Like, you were a threat. Yeah. Your power, yeah. your threat, your, your power, <laughs> your power was literally showing itself. Yes. And whenever, cause you know, as I were talking about this, I always imagine like <clears throat> these dads getting fucking confused. Like, Oh my God, am I, what do I feel now? She looks like, she looks like a woman. Do I, am I aroused by my daughter? And then they want to demonize us, which I'm sure occasionally happens. And it's probably a supernatural fucking thing, you know, for the most part. But I, that was the start for me. Everything that is fucked up, my big wound that I will deal with for the rest of my life is my dad. And I want nothing to do with him. I don't need, I don't need shit to, I don't need like a deathbed thing. I don't have any fantasies about us rekindling. The last thing I told him was, fuck you. And I flipped him off. We passed each other on the road on Thanksgiving. Like, that's great. That's where I am with it. Like, that's all. Well, can we said. agree that, or I think we but, can agree that, well, just real quick. I think we can agree that the problem, I think part of the problem that I'm, I'm realizing now having this conversation is that we associate beauty with physical attraction. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they don't like thinking something is beautiful. doesn't mean you have to be physically attracted to it. Like I think a flower is beautiful. I don't want to stick my dick in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's, Thank we're you. allowed to, uh, so as fathers, I'm guessing, right. I'm not a father, but I have a sister who's fucking beautiful. Right. Yeah. Um, I have stepsisters who are beautiful. I have nieces who are beautiful. Um, my mother is gorgeous. You know yeah, what I mean? You do have some very um, attractive women in your family. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the idea that a woman's beauty has to be directly connected to um, kind, some kind of sexuality, yes. right, is yeah. it's a product of our society because of all of advertising and all this other kind of stuff and, you know, and all these different yeah. layers to it. But at the same time, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging your young, your baby girl is turning into a woman and now, she, you know, she's a beautiful girl that's turning into a beautiful woman in your eyes, yeah. you know, and you know, I, sure. That doesn't mean you have to be all creeped out by her or call her mm -hmm. a whore necessarily. I mean, like I said, I'm not a father, but, um, 
this is just me like speculating. Like yeah. I would like to think seems that. Seems like yeah, pretty basic thing not to do. To <laughs> it your seems like a pretty just basic ever. normal human behavior to kind of like be like, this is my gorgeous, beautiful daughter. Fathering um, one hundred and one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. No. Uh, oh, you think your daughter's beautiful? You fucking weirdo! Like, who's ever said yeah. that to somebody to a father <laughs> who said, "This is my." Uh, you don't think your daughter's disgusting yeah. and fucking repulsive? Uh, well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a creep. I'm not a creep. I think my daughter's a fucking beast. Okay, thank God you're a good person. <laughs> so great. I That's mean, fucking ridiculous. I I would love to. <laughs> I would love to understand what was going through the mind of my. I, I, I think it was because he was, he's also a Sagittarius and we loved each other. My aunt always says I lost my puppy appeal when I turned into an adult, I was no longer his puppy. And when I started to banter and challenge things he said, when I basically showed, oh, guess what? Bummer, I'm smarter than you. Cause he is a buffoon. He is the dumbest. I've said this before. He's the, the dumbest human I've ever really known. And my mom is the smartest. And I have no fucking idea how that happened, why they would get to, I mean, also, I truly believe that we choose our parents for the challenges. And man, I got worked over in this lifetime by the challenges that I do believe I chose. And I, I do believe I chose him. So I would not be like that. Um, but I hate being uh, reminded of that, by uh, the way. <laughs> I know everybody does. Everybody I'm thinking does. of that right now. Because I was thinking about going back to the Midwest for a while to see family. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll wait till after the election because I don't want to be in Ohio during the election. And I'm like, well, is that just being easy? Is that just taking the easy way out? Um, you know? And so I'm like, oh, so I got I got So I got a lot of thinking on that to do. But uh, but anyway, go on. So like, well, yeah. Uh, where was I? What was I talking about? You were talking about your parents and how you, you got worked over in this life. My dad's an idiot. Oh, it was when he realized I was smarter than he was that he got really mad. So it was sort of like I was turning into a woman and at like freaking 11 or 12, I was already smarter than he would ever be. So he was very threatened. He always behaved so, he was like so threatened by both of us. And we, my brother and I cultivated really great senses of humor very early on. And my dad wasn't funny. He wasn't anything. He wasn't good at a single fucking thing. He was like the most useless. I mean, it's, it's like baffling, but then I went in the other direction and I wanted to be self-sufficient and learn all these things and take care of myself. And, and I valued education, which he didn't do. But, um, I think like a really great thing for any fathers to do, even like uncles, anybody with young women under them or just girls, give them power. And don't just compliment their fucking looks. Tell them they're smart. Tell them they're capable. Oh my God. I love being told how capable I am. I always have. And like pretty, it's like, eh, you know what I mean? Like it almost sounds like a lie sometimes when people tell you you're physically attractive. Don't give me, I love it. I'm not... I'm not totally saying don't do that either, but um, let's teach our girls how to be self-sufficient women and not just rely on pretty. And right now the sun is in Leo, so we're all kind of vain. Like we're all looking at ourselves and thinking, you know, I, I, it's so funny. I, I hear from so many people right now and they're like, should I do this? Should I get this? Should I blah, blah, blah? And it's like, it's just, when, the, when the sun's out of Leo, you'll feel better. We're all feeling our looks right now for better or for worse. But Man, lots I of mean, selfies just, happening right now. Also, don't, don't. Oh yeah, lots of selfies. Also, like the whole thing that um, 
you know, you look at the magazines for girls and you look at the magazines for boys and the magazines for boys are like engineering, space, knowledge. And the ones for girls are like, here's a cute design you could paint on your fingernails. You know, like, fuck that. Oh my God, Ryan. I'm remembering, my friend actually just messaged this to me. Do you remember seeing a magazine called Sassy when we no. were kids? It no, turned into Jane and then it, then it died. And God, if I, got a, if I got a bunch of money, I would bring it back to life. It was the greatest. And it, it still had the girly stuff because, you know, you're like becoming a woman and you want to do the fun painted things. Like I'm wearing full fucking makeup right now, you know, um, which oh, I'm so grateful to have a reason to wear makeup every once in a while right now. Um, but it had all these really great articles and empowering things and feminism. It was a feminist publication for girls. Like, I don't know if there is anything like that anymore. But my friend said, she's like, I wish so bad. Like she has a little girl and her little girl's amazing. Went vegan on her own. It was just like, no, fuck this. Didn't watch, didn't see a slaughterhouse video or anything. She's like, I don't think this is okay. Um, but, oh, I just uh, my, thought of something about that. Rem I'll remember. Okay. But Jen, thought, Jen remember. actually messaged me and she's like, God, I wish there was a sassy or a Jane for her. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know how there's not. Somebody I'm get sure on, on the internet somewhere there is, right? There's a website somewhere. Uh, but but as far so. as like a zine or something like that, it would be pretty cool if there was something widespread and available. But I was thinking about veganism and, you know... Um, this is what occurred to me this morning. I woke up super early this morning because my roommate locked himself out. So I've been up for a while. Ooh, um, I've been up easy or I've been up earlier than usual considering how late I stay up. And me too. So I had two, I had a cup and a half of coffee. So, Cause I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I was like, I'm up. I might as well stay up. So when little kids, kill or torture animals. I, I promise this is going somewhere. Okay. When little kids torture or kill animals, um, it is widely known uh, by almost everyone that that is a w huge warning sign for a psychological problem that could manifest itself later in life and potentially be a serial killer, right? Um, yep. This is like one of the traits of like serial killers. Um, so consider that. Consider that evidence that by simply killing or torturing an animal as a child, someone is uh, labeled as a potential future serial killer, but you know, maybe. Yet when people are adults, you can have 100 acres where you are torturing and killing animals and you're not a serial killer. You are a, you know, a good American businessman or, yeah. or businesswoman, right? And it's like, no, you are, why is it different as a kid and as an adult to, oh, and it's like, well, these were cats and dogs that this kid was like, yeah, they're still, they're anim animals are animals, man. So it's like yeah. the difference between a serial a killer. a or a pig. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like. They're like cats and dogs. They're smarter. Yeah. So why is there a diff there to me? There's no difference. Right. I mean, like one is feeding, it, yeah. one is feeding people and one's like torturing for pleasure. You could make that argument. Okay. Well, fine. And, fine. And it's, but yes, yeah. but it's, but at the same time, if that kid, now I'm going to make a leap here. If that kid was torturing and killing those animals, right. But had a pot of boiling water in his little fort or den where he was doing this, 
people would be like, oh, he's not going to be a serial killer. He's just, he's just a young, ambitious chef, right? Like the only oh, difference between, gross. like the difference between a serial killer yeah. and a chef is a pot of boiling water or, or, or a psychopath. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the difference between a Dahmer. psycho and okay. a chef is a pot of boiling water, right? When it comes <laughs> to like, for, if we want to look at it that way. Yeah. Always looking for a reason to bring it back to Dahmer. But yeah, like fucking A. Um, also, anybody saying like, yeah, well, but farmers don't get pleasure out of torturing and killing. There is no factory farming that is humane. These animals, this is also like you shitheads buying puppies from breeders. My God, fuck you. Fuck you if you do that. Do you not realize, I mean, in my girls, who both of them, they recently passed, they were insane when I brought them home from the puppy mill. They were fucking crazy eyed, had never been in a bed, couldn't walk on a leash, screamed at everything when we left the house. One of them was lactating. She didn't know where her puppies were. She was traumatized by this. They use up their bodies, pumping out litters. Also, my dad bred dogs. I have never seen a breeding where the female wasn't getting raped. I have never seen dogs being bred where she wanted it. Never, never saw that. Saw lots of fucking dog rape, never saw that. Um, so there's that aspect. Then this poor dog, I have my period right now. My tits ache, my uterus aches, everything hurts. I'm livid about it. But I'm also, I'm like, yeah, come on, period. And I, uh, I'm some quick period magic that um, Melissa and I just came up with. Well, because she's, you know, she, we're, we're neither, nobody's going to stay young forever. Nobody gets to keep their period forever. Anybody who uh, is like getting close to menopause or just doesn't want the stinky jar because also uh, any baby witches, first witch jar, you want to get it done in the ground fast because when you open that thing, it is like death like bodies piled in a sewer is what those witch jars smell like. It's blood. I mean, it's fucking blood. It's human blood stinks. Anyway, um, God damn it. Where was I? Um, the witch jars, blood. Oh, here's, okay. So you can freeze your menstrual blood into ice cubes. You can also um, put it in tissues and let them dry out and then just break them off and sprinkle them in spells. So if you don't want to like have a gross stinky jar of blood around, those are two options. Um, we have an extra freezer in the my mom's like, what's this shit in the bed? I'm like, it's witch stuff. Don't get in it. Don't look. <laughs> That's <laughs> the witch corner. Not, last, night, last night, there was some witch stuff in the kitchen. She's like, what's this mess? And I was like, you don't want to know. And then she's like, okay. Um, where, Ryan, what was I talking about? Animals? You're talking oh, about factory dogs. farming, dogs, and, puppy mills. And it's buying all dogs under from the same umbrella. It is handmaid's tale. It is a form of slavery, what people do to these animals. You know how much like how fucked up it is to sell a living creature from its mother ever no matter whether it's human or a dog the mom didn't did even want to get fucking she didn't want sex she didn't want to get pregnant and she didn't want to lose her baby and you fund it when you buy that puppy you say i'm okay with this i'm okay with this i'm gonna keep this going fuck you i had i wanted pomeranians I found Pomeranians. I adopted them and they were fucked up and they were more grateful. My brother has two little dogs. One of them is a rescue. He, he went into a pet store and he bought one. She was terrified. She was traumatized. Kids were hurting her. He is not that person, but he, and then he adopted his next dog and he's very much the same mindset as me. He's super ashamed that he bought a dog from pet store, even though he felt like he was saving her. Um, but the pet store puppy, so bold honestly kind of obnoxious i love her but she's very bossy very entitled the rescue great like went to like angelic. boarding school 
Oh, uh, like <laughs> she did. But also, but doesn't realize that her family's been so inbred that uh, yeah, that her higher <laughs> yeah, education does not afford her a better intellect. Ugh. In fact, it's, yeah. it's covering Thank up you. her inferior intellect. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's exactly that. <laughs> she is so, she's so fucking, I'm going to start calling she's her. Prince her Harry. She's Prince Harry. I love her. Prince Harry. That dog is Prince Harry um, of the He's royal family. right now. She's very intuitive. She's probably going to come out here and give me an evil eye. She will seriously do that if she thinks I'm eating. And then she bosses but, you me. Know, for the record, she deserves love. She deserves love. She lo- yeah, she definitely doesn't equally, deserve a boiling equally. pot of water. Yeah. I'm just saying, I understand meat. We were all raised on meat. And, you know, well, I know many kids lucky enough to not have been raised on it. But um, my mom the other day was like, when did you go vegetarian? I was like, when I was 12. And she goes, oh, my God, I didn't notice that. And I was like, yeah, because you stopped fucking feeding me. I didn't eat anymore because I didn't have any food. You would put meat my in the and wild onions. And, and yeah. chewing on <laughs> it's like grazing in, in the yard. But um, <laughs> I understand and I am sympathetic to people who have to make the shift and want to eat less meat and want to do this and that. But I'm telling you, if you want that intuitive, if you want that third eye open, meat is the worst one. If for real. Well, let's talk and about the connection. Okay what we do to animals. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think there's a connection here to the divine feminine. And mm-hmm. when it comes to... um you know, the choices that we're making. And as a man who tries to tap into the divine feminine, and I've had certain readings um, from people I trust that, um, you know, that talk, and this comes up a lot for me in readings, the divine feminine comes up a lot for me. Um, And it has for a handful of years now. And it's, you know, these are difficult lessons to, you know, integrate and incorporate into one's life at times uh, as a man, especially, I mean, because we all, all of us, you know, some of us a lot more than others, especially men have, you know, toxic masculinity, which would be like the opposite of divine, the divine feminine, right? And there is divine masculine, but like toxic masculinity is like the thing that tries to prevent the divine feminine from really taking its place, um, its rightful place in, in our lives, in the lives of society. And men and women both have toxic masculinity. Men, obviously, I would argue, have a lot more of it um, than than most. I mean, everybody's different, obviously, and unique, but it's like so embedded in our culture, in our society, in the way everything operates, um, that it's impossible that even women haven't had some of it potentially soak into their mm-hmm. their mindset, right? And yeah. but you know, but I would argue that men, obviously have a lot more of it soak in. Oh yeah. And so, so that toxic masculinity, just like anything else, once it's alive, it does not want to die. No, right? no. You know, it this wants, is on to, mothers it wants too. to continue its, it wants to continue its existence. So when confronted with the divine feminine, that's what I mean when like these, these lessons can be difficult to integrate because now you have direct conflict happening and you're trying to figure out, Oh, well, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but just by simply admitting, you don't know, is there's so much strength in I in, in doing that and like I don't have the answer to this like that's why I need other people's perspectives um, yeah. to guide me. Um, it's not on us to know the secret or the answer to everything or to be able to solve no. every problem. And I think that is a very kind of a toxic masculinity mindset 
I will solve everything. I can, I can answer everything. I know the truth about everything. Yeah. And I can tell everyone else, even when they're different than me, how they should be doing things or how to fix their problems, right? From mm -hmm. my perspective. And, um, and I think we're finally seeing that get chipped away and melted away, right? Yeah. In, in modern day society by the diversity of voices and perspectives. Yeah. And, and I think the meat eating concept of be a man, eat meat, Arby's, we've got the meats, right? And all this yeah. other shit. Or a, a woman in a bikini eating a double cheeseburger. Eating having, the meat, yeah. Ha mm -hmm. Eating and having a drip down her butt. It's just like, this is what it means to be a man, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, why do I need a hard on when I'm eating? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what are these, what's the purpose of this commercial? Um, yeah. And so, you know, trying to pull ourselves out of all that shit, out of also, the muck and mire of all of it is difficult. Yes, but. yes. Also, the the weird hold, and I I used to think like, what well, you know, back in the day, I'd be like, men are pathetic because the. Did you see that cat? She's watching you, Ryan. My black cat gets up on the counter and watches Ryan when we record. She kind of hates him. I don't understand it. Um, she hates men though. She is. She's a man hater. It's funny. This is all coming together now. Um, but I used to think men are so pathetic. What the the, the money they'll throw at strippers and sex workers. We don't do that. Women don't usually do that. Like we're not, you know, motivated so much by a physical body. And that's also how we are, you know, biologically designed. Like a man brain is more visual and a woman's brain is, uh, needs different stimulation. Um, but I went to the Magic Mike show in Vegas and oh my God. It's, it's the ultimate marital aid. Um, it's it, the waiters all smelled like baby powder kind of, and they were all hot and they would all touch the small of your back when they talked to you. I did ask mine to stop touching me cause I don't fucking like that. Um, and, and he did, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like an experience for sure, but it's very erotic and it's not something I'd ever, I'd do like maybe once every couple of years. Cause I'm just not that interested in I, you know, my Mars is in Gemini. I need a big smarty. Um, and I mean, if they got up there and started like reading stories they wrote that were amazing. I mean, that there's my lady boner. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, Ryan, they need to be writing them themselves. That's, those are my standards. But I also realized with men and the weird thing, like paying women for just like all kinds of crazy shit because the the visual stimulation, you know, that's sort of like, when they were denied, like, this is bad. You're not supposed to look at these naked ladies. This is bad, bad, wrong, wrong. It, it does create a desire to want to look at them no more. It's me being told, don't drive to Florida. I'm like, I'm going to drive to Florida now. You know, it's the same thing. Um, I also hate that nudity is not just everywhere. In New York, I saw so many tits. Oh, I shouldn't say it. Maybe like three sets of tits. But you could be topless in New York City. And you don't see it a lot. I saw it my very first day there when I was just a baby. And, oh, the baby, I think I was 21. <laughs> I mean, to, uh, definitely felt like a baby. A baby to um, New York. A, a New York baby. Um, but like, let's just make tits okay. I saw, I was at the Pagan Pride Fair, or pay, you know, the thing in LA or Long Beach or wherever the fuck it was. And um, I was there with Sal and everybody from Crooked Path and we're just sitting there drinking wine in the day beautiful black cat she's seriously stalking around the table like annoyed that I'm talking to you um and we're all sitting there you know just hanging out and I remember 
this beautiful pagan walked up with a sheer shirt that you could see through and just the most glorious boobs. And they were just shopping, you know, tits out, no big deal. And she walked away and Sal looks over her shoulder and he goes, weren't they amazing? And I was like, damn, yes. One which we were with, who I will not name, said, um, when I got mine out, it was from money and that's pathetic. And I was like, you're the problem. This is the problem. Women are the problem. Why? Why are well, you so threatened by a beautiful pair of breasts where there shouldn't usually yeah. be a beautiful pair of breasts? Why I would argue that men yeah, enjoy I'm, them. Yeah, I mean, as I lean back, I'm totally on board with it. I'm totally on board with <laughs> yes. enjoying them. The uh, I would say that maybe a small part of the motivation for a man to do all that is to you know have the things that he's told he shouldn't be seeing or having. Uh, mm-hmm. And another part is just because he fucking wants wants those things. But um, now imagine that Magic Mike show, right? Um, that you that you said you could go to like once every couple of years. Now mm-hmm. imagine that Magic Mike show is happening in your head every day of your life as you walk around. That's what it's like being a man. <laughs> I know. I believe it. I, I mean, I've That's, been with enough know, men. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, but it's but I think it is that way because it's that it's more, it tends that way more naturally probably, but also because of all of the reinforcement ever since you were born about, um, you know, where women have been sexualized and advertising, uh, for everything, sex sells everything. And, and, um, there's, uh, and so that's just like the world we've grown up in. And, and so like to deprogram that is difficult. Um, and I'm not trying to do like, I have like a, a, an eight, eight minute bid on one of my, com- on my third comedy album about all this, um, where I, where I say a, a man, you know, there's a bear inside all of us. Right. And, um, <laughs> and you know, and it's, and it's most prominently on display when women are being catcalled. That's when the bear is most prominently on display because catcalling has never worked for anyone, right? Like no one's ever gotten laid because they catcalled somebody. And it's like the fact that men think they can still do it, right? Oh, is, I fucking it's, hate it. It's like it's bearing witness to this bear nope, that's inside. Nope, nope. Right? It's a Wade Reed. It's bearing witness. Yes, yes, it's bearing witness. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm so, trying to pun. You'd have to see the spelling for it to work. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I know Sorry, I think people are smart enough to be able to put it together. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it is, um, the, so magic Mike in your head all day long when you're walking around, um, especially with the advent yeah. of yoga, but, um, well, uh, and, and, and to touch on cat calling, don't ever fucking do that. It's, you know what it feels like to be cat called? It feels like it's illegal for me to reach out and touch you. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to have to hear what I say instead. It shouldn't exactly. be legal. It's fucked up. It's a form of creepy dominance. And, you know, I will say there have been moments where I'm dressed up or I know I look great and someone will whistle, you know, just a, <laughs> I fucking love that. That is classy. That's classy. Cause where did it come from? I don't even know where it came from. Did a bird just compliment me? I don't know. That's oh. okay. I'm I, also, I, I, that's okay for me. That's probably not okay for everybody. Um, but very different for some reason. Also, it's usually older, adorable men who do it. You know, they have like, I the think, old yeah. Cuban and I think there is a difference. I, smoke a cigar. I lived in, I lived in Washington Heights most of my life. Yeah. I do think there was a difference <laughs> between like a 15 year old boy. Cause I'm not going to act like I've never catcalled someone. I definitely have. Um, 
when I was younger. I've definitely yelled out like a car window. You know, when you're like a young, when you're a boy, <laughs> thinks he's a, it's so gross. when you're a boy, think thinking you're becoming a man, right? These are like the behaviors yeah. you think that men do, right? So you mimic yep. them until you, you fake it until you make it kind of thing. So, and catcalling women, letting women know that, you, you know, you'd, you'd have sex with them um, is like a way yep. for a, that a boy thinks, oh, I'm showing the world that I'm a man now by disrespecting women. Um, and so I'm not going to mm-hmm. act like that never happened mm-hmm. in the 90s uh you know uh or the early 90s um and then because i remember like i i remember specifically driving once and like seeing like such an attractive woman and i was probably like 16 or 17 years old that like i didn't know what to do so i just kind of like yelled out the window like i mean it was like like i was like overcome with like <laughs> wow that's such a beautiful attractive woman i was just like ah! you know like and it was just like like part of it too is like this young young boys turning into men like have so much testosterone and like sexual energy that they don't know how to handle that it just it manifests itself in such fucked up ways because we're not told we're not yep. taught how to deal with it or how to handle it right yeah and, um, and also yeah i mean you guys kind of just need to sit in your room and jerk off like 12 times a day at that <laughs> i really am a huge advocate of that like it's disgusting. My my <laughs> nephew was doing it for a while. It was all over my brother's house, no joke. And um, you know, it's gross, but like that's kind of what you need to be doing because it's testosterone makes you crazy. Testosterone is an insane thing to have in our bodies. And I've had an imbalance where I had a lot of testosterone and then I would crash. But I would have to masturbate several times a day when my testosterone would get spiked. I can relate. I think if young boys um, mm-hmm. were incorporated into this, you know, curriculum of understanding the divine feminine and, and what it is. And like if everyone, right. At a, from a young age, uh, we incorporated that in a very specific, like in a very on purpose kind of way. Um, and I think that is happening probably already and, but will happen on a much larger scale and a much more prominent scale to where it won't seem so weird or woo, like the divine feminine, yeah. what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> oh, you're into crystals, you know, like, um, where it'll be like part of the curriculum of raising our, our society. Right. And I think that will, that will contribute to a lot of these things. um, If not being eliminated, greatly decreasing in the way that um, this behavior, this problematic behavior finds itself manifesting uh, in society. But maybe we should go right into the crystal corner from that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm holding some rose quartz. Hell Yeah. Uh, rose quartz is great for your heart. And and so, you know, it's also oh, yeah, good for your thymus. Chakra. But I think if you're if you're struggling like loving yourself or accepting love mm-hmm. from other people, or just even if you're struggling with the idea of surrendering to the concept of love uh in a in a, a more abstract uh, macro level, I think rose quartz could be helpful for you in that situation. If you can, yep. you know, wear it around a necklace around your heart. And if you can't do that, just keep if it in you, your pocket or. If you have a vagina, put it there. I mean, get a special one, get a Yoni, but like you don't need a string. That's a mess. I mean, I've got one of the tightest pussies out there. Let me tell you what, and I can get mine out easily. Um, I'm just not bragging. It really is. It's been a long time since anything other than a rose quartz or my diva cup has been in there. Um, but <laughs> who's counting? It's only been a year and a half. Um, but, um, um, yeah, put a, the, it's so funny too, because there are so many women who the first time they use a rose quartz yoni egg, 
they have crazy flashes back to the time when their shit started, you know, around the age that what I was talking about with mine, when all my big uh, issues began, it really, um, it takes you to a very, it's almost like the way a, a therapist, or I guess it's a psychiatrist prescribes, you know, uh, an antidepressant when you're confronting your worst, your worst wounds, your wounds, um, when you're, when you're going through that, because it's harder, you kind of maybe need something to cope, to deal with this coming up, to be able to process the wound that you never got to heal. Rose quartz is kind of like that. Like it'll, it'll give you a, such a crazy feeling of self-love. And also it just feels like you're being held. Like it feels like an angel cradling you in its arms having rose quartz. Um, but yeah, especially in your vagina. <laughs> I would uh, suggest for men to try to put it inside <laughs> of your penis, uh, if at all possible. Um, yeah, try. Uh, I have the tightest Get penis. weird with ever. it. No, okay. Um, <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, um, that's the other thing, though. When you, sorry, when you, as as people with vaginas, when you carry yoni eggs, you buy them usually in a set of three, and you start with the large one, and then you go down because your uh, vaginal walls work to keep it in there. So you do end up tighter. That's one of the reasons I'm so tight. I'm I'm really not that tight. It's just average tight. I don't. I actually don't even know what it's like. And really, I don't have anything to gauge it with. Um, but if that's something like I don't know, if you had a baby or just whatever, what? Who cares anyway? But if you, for whatever reason, oh, bladder issues. I had those for a while. Um, that my whole life, I have a, a very. I had uh, I had those old bladder issues for a while. My uh, my like, bladder. That, the, it has a. Tiny you're like I had those bladder it. issues. <laughs> Like the sound effects. What was that? I don't like, know. Like like a, like, I thought that was I was like doing a wink, golden wink. girls. I like, don't know. Oh, yeah. some bladder <laughs> issues. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just so. It, they really do. It does help with that, though, I swear. I don't know why. I went down I to the that. store the other day to go buy some groceries. And what, what, by store, <laughs> I, I mean sex shop. And by groceries, I mean uh, things I, to put into my... I did not okay. have a euphemism for bladder issues, I swear. Okay. But yeah, okay. the, they help with that too. So I, I love, I freaking love it. But um, I keep forgetting to put mine in lately. Also, oh my God, I'm having my period like crazy. I don't know what's going on. It's like I was, I didn't have it for eight days and now I have it again, which is fucking, oh, just want to, seriously, like when I see it, this is new, but... um because it was very messy last night. And I felt like I murdered something. And I was like, I killed an egg because I don't have a baby. I'm powerful. <laughs> I, mur I didn't enjoy torturing an animal, but I did enjoy that. Okay, I just wanted to not say anything because I wanted to see how long you might laugh maniacally after saying what you had said. Um, <laughs> that was pretty... That was pretty funny. Um, okay, well, cool. Um, I think that's going to put a bow on it. Do we? Oh, um, oh I well, want to read a almost, review. Almost, I have to read. Uh, I'll read a review next time. Okay. I it, was just. It, oh, no, I guess, no, you I gotta, do it. Well, I got to bring it up. Shit, I don't have them. I don't have them brought up. Um, which one is it? Because I have them brought up. I'll send uh, you. The I think you know which review. I, I think you know one of the reviews. I'm. Gonna is read. it a Garth? Is it a Garth Brooks review? <laughs> Um, is it here? Wait, I'll send these to you right now. Do you have your phone? Well, I'm bringing it up right now <laughs> on the internet. So, oh, good. Okay. um, so I'll read, so I get to read the review this, this, this week. Um, okay. Well, I want to read one of them too. Cause they're two really funny ones. <laughs> um, so you read yours and then I'll read whichever one you don't read. 
Okay, I want to uh, read uh, a review. Thank you, by the way, for uh, listening. And I, I, and we appreciate you writing. The yeah. review. And these, by the way, these are five five star reviews. Um, this is from, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing Yeah, we're not going to read a shitty review. <laughs> uh, uh, this review is from uh, Jaken. Um, uh-huh. It's a five-star review that's entitled Garth Brooks. <laughs> the latest episode compelled me to write a review. Garth Brooks has sold more than the Beatles. Double Fire was burning for sure. Good cast. Um, great review. Great review where did I you, come from. Now, did, did you interpret that as saying they're a double fire and they were mad about it? No, no, no. I, that Garth Brooks is a double fire. Uh, no, he's not a double fire, is he? I don't remember. We might have done his double thing. fire was. I interpreted it. I interpreted uh, it as they were a double fire, mad that he outsold the Beatles. Oh, I interpreted it as Garth Brooks must have been a double fire, and that's why he was able to sell so many albums because his double oh. fire was burning. Like his double fire was burning for sure. That's why he was able to wow. sell. Wow. It's fun. It's fun. Okay. So this one, I'm glad you read that one. Cause this is the one that I really wanted to read. Um, this one says Hakate and pan agree is the title. And then all they wrote was Garth Brooks is the goat. Greatest of <laughs> goat all an- time is what goat stands <laughs> for in case you didn't know that. That's from oh, sounds like. Uh, oh, oh, I thought they meant the goat. Like, cause pan is, you know, like, a goat. well, it has or, a double meaning. Like I the guess, goat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you can. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's what I thought. That's I funny. thought it was goat yeah. was like the bomb. And I thought no, they whenever you see, it. Wow, oh, no, whenever you so see much. goat, whenever goat greatest is of all, all time. caps, whenever it's in all caps, it means greatest of all time. Like people say Michael Jordan is the goat. Michael Jordan's the goat. That means greatest of all time. Or, you know, whenever someone says someone's the goat, that means they're the greatest of all time. Um, that's what that stands for. But, uh, I like and it, but I'm going to associate it more with paganism. That's fine. I think you, you know, <laughs> I applaud you. And I, um, I, thanks. I, I love that. I love that. Um, Cause paganism is. The oh, goat. God, sorry about that. Paganism so is also the goat, the greatest of all time. The goat. Uh, one um, you guys, this weekend we're having, we're having first book club for our patrons. And usually. This oh, is that's the, this weekend. Yeah. Usually it's a 22 level. But any patron, you can come in for two bucks and um, join us on a live Zoom to talk about Zora Neale Hurston, Go Tell My Horse. Is it Go Tell? No, I think it's Tell My Horse. Yeah, I keep doing this. It doesn't matter. Um, go Tell My Horse. That's how I feel. It's like sassy. Um, don't tell me. Go Tell My Horse. I don't think that's the name. I think it's Tell My Horse. Anyway, um, yeah, that's feel happening. Free. Yeah. Please. And feel if free you to write- jump into the Facebook group and join the Garth Horse oh, yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the link we're putting links now to Patreon, to Facebook group, to all that stuff in each episode notes and all the episode notes, whatever we talk about, we'll put a link in. I'm going to put a link to that uh, stuff. I'm going to try to on Facebook. Um, also send us a screenshot of your written five-star review. It never expires. And once a month I pull somebody out for free phone reading, which is super fun. Um, yeah, please do that. We love and just and speaking- you. Speaking to what we talked about at the very beginning of this episode and me egging you on sometimes, I, um, Angela, um, first of all, let me say that I'm very grateful for, for the work you do on the, on the podcast. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed. And Angela, Angela is the full force of um, our social media and our online presence. Angela takes, you know, she's like doing all the memes. She's running the face. She's putting together all the uh, Facebook group stuff. Like it's all Angela. Right. And I pop in rarely to the Facebook group 
um, at least lightly. <laughs> and I knew I had to pop in. Uh, You're last like week the absent dad to the Facebook. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll come in. And so when I show up, I have candy. So the kids love it when I show up, like, like the absent <laughs> father. Oh my God. No rules. No rules apply. No, don't tell your mom I got yep. you all this sugar. Um, so I pop in specifically <laughs> just to egg you on a little bit more on the Garth Brooks thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also like posting something like a very vague um, comment about you know, like Celtic music and its influence on on country western, um, <laughs> which is is fact based. But I knew it would just kind of get the fires revved up a little more, and then uh, and then just dipped out. So I dip in. I say that the reason uh, that you, you I, I even quoted the old Shakespeare thing that people use like, oh, when you protest to me thinks uh, thou don't protest too much. Like, oh, if you're protesting the too lady much, means, yeah. doth protest too much. Yes, that yeah. thing. And so, and then I just dipped uh-huh. out and, and then I just left uh, just to like sto- throw another log on the fire. And uh <laughs> Then you start texting me all this shit. And I'm just so like, oh my up. God, this is so funny. This yeah. is so funny. <laughs> well, um, and I posted, I posted because um, I said that uh, I was wrong. I posted a thing about yodeling and I posted a, a song I kept listening to by Roy Rogers that I loved. And they, I said I was wrong in there. So I say that. Yeah, plenty. but I know I, I can throw. See, but see, here's the thing. Like people might have said you're a bully, but but what they didn't point out is that I know exactly how to throw a log on your triple fire, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and get you like going. And uh, that sounded I, very sexy, Ryan. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Well, I I, I meant it quite literally. In a, <laughs> I know what you meant, but it a, also sounded like a really good euphemism in a figurative way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I really know how to throw a log on your show. Okay, yeah, now I get it. Um, that's not my intention. Was not okay. So I know how to get you Basically fired up. Basically, so, uh, so I know how to get you really fired up. So like, uh, so I, I'm so I was. Uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't take as much pleasure in, in uh, how fired up you you had got. I do know that it's all in play. Like you've never made me mad either, you know? But I like, also that's... know like you do get fired up sometimes over oh, something. Yeah. Like you'll message, you'll text me about something. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Like, I think uh-huh. something like really major is going on. And it, it turns out in that from my perspective, it doesn't seem nearly, uh, yeah. but that's just, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm stepping. Fire. Yeah. I'm just going to be posting the things that need to be posted. And I think we have a, a lovely volunteer right now who I'm going to make an admin in the group. But oh, I'll go great. in there and look late at night and some crazy person will have gotten in and written a bunch of mean shit and I'll go through and delete all their mean shit and block them. And I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm keeping boxes out of the hen house too. It's just a lot. It's because now it's big. It's we have impossible like to, in it. it's impossible to control an internet group. It's funny it's, though, because I feel protective of the sweet listeners who are posting their intimate yeah. things. Yeah, I don't want I people talking pro- with Like them. they're my little chickens. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm not, and I'm just like, and I hexed this person. I fucked her up, Canadian. She's not a listener. She's just somebody who got in, I think. Well, if she's listening, here as is grass. I've hexed, I've hexed a few people who came for us. And Maybe by hexing her, was, made her, or made this person, whoever it was, listen. Now they like they're bound to listen to every episode. I hope she does. I don't hex in, pri- in secrecy. I don't need to be secret about it. I'm proud of the results from my hexing. 
very proud. Can't wait to see some of the latest ones. Okay, so maybe we'll talk uh, about this in secrets. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, so thank you for listening. This is where the magic happens, uh, dot com, uh, where magic happens on Instagram. Give us a, a click and a follow. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, just a reminder, you guys. Go to um, go to witchypoo.com or Dear Witchy Poo and read more about what I am asking for in uh, letters for the new, the, I don't know if it's going to be a column or end or podcast or whatever, but I'm going to be starting it soon. So send, send, think of Dear Sugar, like go look at that first. There's a link to that if you don't know what that is, but I, I'm not like going to channel your fucking guide. So everybody stop asking me to tell you whatever your guides are saying. <laughs> like, book a reading. Hey, that's easy. That's on my hey, website hey, too. Hey, book a hey. reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no doubt. So, okay, cool. Well, thank you for listening. And, uh, I guess until next time, I mean, next time, maybe next week we can talk about really how truly the goat is Kenny Chesney, um, <laughs> which is that's totally a mighty one- big log you're throwing. <laughs> that's a 100% joke. Um, no offense to Kenny Chesney, but, um, Anyway, so, okay, but just remember. You're so sweet. Kenny, we know you listen. Ryan's just kidding. <laughs> I got a lot of joy in my uh, late teens from Kenny Chesney's music, and um, I have I... disparaged his good name on stage uh, more than a few times oh. um, just by making a joke. I write my own country songs. Oh, we'll talk about that in secrets. I'm going to tell you about the new country song I'm writing uh, in, uh, in secrets. Oh, good. But, uh, but in the meantime, don't forget... This shit is real.